The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. But you might remember earlier I mentioned the change of law in Australia with regard to vapes. So they're clamping down on the sale of vapes for recreational use in favour of prescription only vapes available down in the local pharmacy. Our reporter Elaine Smith has been on the streets of Cork today asking people if we should follow suit. People who are smoking, who are smoking tobacco, who have been smokers for a long time, it's definitely harder for them if they have to get prescription and then get the vapes in the pharmacy to, to stay off them and stay off smoking completely. So, like, for example, I stopped smoking tobacco, so that's why I'm replacing it with vape. I can kind of see both sides of it. Like, I think it definitely would be unfair on, like, those who maybe have switched over from cigarettes to vapes. Um, but also, like, I think it is good to get it kind of away from young kids and stuff like that so but i think having to get a prescription is a bit much <laughs> uh yes because there's too many kids getting access to them and they're too young to be smoking vapes yeah. so i think there should be regu- regulation as to who can buy them and who can't i can see both sides i'm obviously not good seeing the amount of young kids like under 18 vaping because it's obviously much more accessible for them but at the same time for people who have made the conscious effort to try and stop smoking cigarettes or tobacco people might use it as an excuse like oh I don't want to go and get a prescription from my doctor specifically just to get a vape so I'll just keep smoking cigarettes that kind of thing. Yes, yeah, so uh, are the views of the people in Cork speaking to our reporter Elaine Smith. So in Australia, uh, vapes will only be available uh, from the local uh, chemist. Professor Luke Clancy is with me now from the uh, Tobacco Free Research Institute of Ireland. Uh, Luke, should we follow suit? Um, possibly not, but we should do something and do it a bit more quickly than we are doing it. As you may know, uh, there was a consultation before COVID on trying to uh, interfere with young children starting on vapes and our e-cigarettes. Then it was mothballed during COVID and then it returned and they had more consultations. And now they say they're going to bring in some sort of law uh, restricting it to those um, under 18. They don't say why under 18 because uh, what we know about nicotine is that it adversely affects the brain of young people up to 25. And you might as well say 25 is 18. There's no basis for that. But then there are other things, like all the flavours that are available, hundreds of flavours which are attractive to children. And they we haven't heard whether they're going to ban those or not. And more recently, there's been a great worry uh, all over the world, and particularly in America and on the continent of Europe about all of the pollution that they're causing because they are plastic. But not only that, they have batteries which has lithium in them. And I know that um, Oshin Smith, for instance, is worried about this and regards it as a waste of lithium. But it's not just that. A lot of the young people don't regard these as electronic devices. So they just throw them away. And that means they're polluting Uh, with these batteries everywhere and of course a huge uh, plastic thing as well but from my point of view they whether they're in pharmacies or not the advantage of the pharmacy would be 
that the product would be regulated and we'd actually know what was in the vapes. Now they have to tell us how much nicotine. But we found, for instance, that the environmental health officers, when they examined those, they found twice as much nicotine as was on the label. Mm. And also there are additives. So if it was a medicine, they'd be regulated. But I don't think that's the answer. I think is we should get serious about this. We reported it in 2014 and we've done it three times since. And now we find that 18% of 16-year-olds are regular users, and they're not using them to give up smoking. Okay, so so and so yet, so not 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 an outright restriction, but but a bit more regulation. It sounds like you're suggesting a lot more regulation, but get serious about it and about advertising. They they will apparently say that they shouldn't be advertised near schools and so on. Yeah, but we know that the young people are not advertised near schools necessarily. They're advertised through social media. And what are they doing about that? And now we have 18% of them addicted. And just how long are they going to wait? You know, they had consultation, mm. say, five years ago. But two years can, I, ago. can I ask you, for, for all the reasons you've just outlined, why shouldn't we just do what Australia are doing? If, 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 if they're we possibly should, that dangerous. It, it, it's not so much... They, that would uh, be something. But what I'm saying is we're doing nothing. You know, we're way behind the curve. Most of the continental countries have brought in regulation about age mm. and about flavors and so on. I mean, we know the brain damage would cause. We know they're addictive. We know that they're remormalizing smoking. Ireland had a great reputation for tobacco control. Now we're just laggards and we're coming up with, oh, we better do something. They're doing it over there. So we're way behind. That's why I say it's not that I disagree with what they're doing in in Australia. Although, as you may know, in smoking cessation in Ireland, we've been trying to liberalise the access to nicotine replacement. And if you do that, and then you say, but you can't have these without a without a prescription, that you know, that might create practical problems. Yeah. But it's it's a bit of a nonsense because. They're no better than NRT for smoking cessation. So why do we need them at all? And why have we waited until our children are all addicted and damaged with their brains? And we also know from our studies in Ireland that if you start using e-cigarettes, you are twice as likely to smoke cigarettes. Mm. And cigarettes are the worst thing you could use. So there's all sorts of reasons why something should be done. But we're getting nothing done. Now, there's talk yesterday, I think it was, that there'd be something done before the doll recess uh, and it'd go to Michael D. Higgins. But, you know, something, 18, why not all of the other important things like the flavours that we know are causing trouble yeah. and are the one of the reasons that the children like them? Yeah, maybe, we maybe, ask, maybe, maybe you could start small with something like that before you, you you went all the way to what Australia are doing or perhaps you just do what Australia are doing and you, you, you have an outright uh, crackdown. Listen, stay with us, Luke. I want to introduce Dr. Garrett McGovern, who's a GP who specialises in addiction uh, medicine. He's medical director at the Priority Medical Clinic uh, as well. Uh, Garrett, what role can and should vaping play in getting people off cigarettes? Well, sadly, according to the HSE quit site, no role at all. They've taken a completely different view than, for instance, the NHS in the UK are now looking at funding uh, to give people vaping uh, devices to be able to quit smoking. We need to remember that there's about 6,000 people a year dying from uh, tobacco-related diseases. Um, we, we, we have our, I think the smoking rate is about 18%. We've made great inroads over the last number of years. But the one thing I will say is, 
we can't put barriers in the way of people trying to quit. In relation to the issue regarding young people, 18%, Professor Clancy mentioned, are addicted. They're not. The SPAD study, I have the, I have the information right in front of me here, showed that regular use was about 4.6% between the two sexes, male and female. So it's not 18%, that's for a start. Kids I will try things. Wrong, and, and as it's not. It's, I, have the, I have the table in front of me, Luke. I have the table in front of me. It's 4.6% is every day or almost every day. No, it isn't yes. 18%. We need to quote the correct figures. That is not I'm the correct figures. I'm talking about in the use in the past month. Month, that could be one puff. It could be one puff, but it isn't. That's not addicted. That doesn't do meet the know? criteria for dependence. Because I treat it every day of the week. I know what well, I can I just say, sorry, Lucas, as someone who as, as, as someone who doesn't understand uh, uh, addiction, I mean, if you've only had one puff the last month, that wouldn't strike me as somebody who's addicted. Is, is used every day more indicative no, of addiction? But that's not what they do. Yes. Uh, we know that's not what we what they do. We know they are addicted. We have asked them as well about their addiction. We've asked them about why they use them, and we've asked them about. Would they like to give them up? But you couldn't. You and couldn't be very addicted, could you? If you had a puff of a vape twenty eight days ago and you haven't had one since, given no, their ubiquitous nature. I, what I said was that that's not actually what happens. Maybe somebody did take a puff in the last twenty eight days, and maybe it was one. But that's not the normality. And if you look at the usage of them in this country, you'll see how much they're used, and you'll see who they're used by, and what. And I am the principal investigator in SPAD, so try not to do that but in the last month is taken as with children if you even talk to them about cigarette smoking they're not daily smokers that's not the way it happens what happens with children is they start an occasional cigarette and then they take them more often and we take monthly as being that they are users of them for instance if you want to know did they ever try them which is partially what you're talking about that figure is 38 percent at 16 years of age and 75, 70% of those children had never touched a cigarette. And we know okay. that they will be more likely to smoke, that they will damage their brains, and that they are using them and they are addicted. Garrett, now, how yeah. many are addicted is a different question. Gareth? Yeah, I mean, there's not 18% addicted. That's the first thing. The second thing is that the nicotine studies that have been, nicotine is not the enemy here. I mean, creating nicotine is the enemy. Combustible inhaled regular smoking is the enemy. That's what's causing all the deaths, not nicotine. I have never seen a single, not a single, nicotine causing on its own without combustible tobacco being inhaled. I have never seen a death in all the years I've been in medicine, not once. And yet well, we I, are talking I about nicotine at some e- I have been longer in medicine than you, and it's not a great credit to me, but I have been. And I have seen thousands of people dying of lung cancer. And of course, you're right. That is smoking. I, we're talking about children. Children don't die smoking. of tobacco. You misunderstood what I said, Luke. Luke, you misunderstood what I said. Nicotine on its own does not kill people. I didn't say nicotine. it. I'm talking about nicotine, nicotine without the inhaled smoke. NOT doesn't kill people. No. But nicotine addicts our children, and they are twice as likely to smoke if they, if that happens to them. It ha- damages their brains, and it renormalizes smoking. And they shouldn't touch them. They are bad for them. There is no need for them. They're not doing it to give up smoking. They're doing it for recreation, or okay. because their peers are doing it, or because they're told by TikTok or Instagram to do it. And we don't need them, and they're not useful. Yes, they could be used. Uh, like in Australia, but 
that's, you know, we can't even get people to come and do, uh, most people who stop smoking don't use anything. Okay, Gareth? Let me just make one point here, right? We put barriers in the way. Most of the doctors in this country are either ignorant about e-cigarettes or anti-e-cigarettes. The idea of people who are currently using e-cigarettes for smoking cessation are going to go to their doctor and get good advice from the doctor is unlikely. Most doctors, there was a study done in America a number of years ago, and 80% of doctors thought nicotine caused lung cancer. That is just patently untrue. So putting it in the hands of doctors, unfortunately, is probably going to push it out to the black market. And that's exactly what is happening over in Australia. It is the wrong thing to do. We need to stay the way we are. We need an age restriction for young. It's hard to believe that we're having this conversation in May 2023 and we don't have an age restriction on vaping. It's, it's, it's incredible. Dr. Garen McGovern, GP specialising in addiction medicine, medical director at the Priority Medical Clinic and Professor Luke Clancy at Tobacco Free Research Institute of Ireland. Gentlemen, thank you both very much for joining me here on the show. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.